This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, howdy there, partner. Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the James Morrison to my Matthias Pereira. It's just impeach. Yeah, I know what you try and do with these. You try and make me seem the more limited one in the in this scenario. However, James Morrison is a West Brom legend, so thank you. I don't know where you got the idea that I'm trying to make you limited. I would never do that to someone of your talents. Thanks. Justin, it's a midweek special. Some people seem to be really surprised on Twitter that we do midweek episodes. I don't know if it's because we haven't done them in a while. Well, <laughs> when was the last time it was a midweek game? I don't know. It feels like ages it ago. It does feel like ages. But people were saying, oh, can you do a midweek episode? I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. We did one. Well, we released an episode last week. No, I think they mean like talking about games. Yeah, but you know, releases, releases. Yeah, we always treat our listeners whenever we can. How are you doing, by the way? Oh, no, I'm good, yeah. Thanks for asking first. How's your week been? It's all right. It's going quickly, you know. It's what you want. You want the weekend to come. Yeah, yeah. See, we're being respectful to each other, Justin. That's not what we, <laughs> oh, what we can oh, say wait, wait, well tied in. about two <laughs> managers. We'll start with the biggest match of the week. It's Gary Monk versus Pep Clotet. Uh, I think, first of all, let's go through the history <clears> of this. <throat> mm-hmm. uh, because if you haven't seen, and you've been living under a rock for the past few days... Yeah. Gary Monk has had some <laughs> words to say about oh his ex-assistant manager, Pep Clotet, who's now the Birmingham City manager. So Monk and Clotet have worked together everywhere, mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware, apart from Middlesbrough, yes. when Clotet was the manager at Oxford. Oh, yeah, And <clears throat> they were working together last time at mm-hmm. Birmingham, yep. where Clotet is now the manager. Correct. Then Monk left... In sketchy circumstances. Did he he leave? Or was he pushed? He was sacked. He was sacked. sacked. Yeah. It's... There's been accusations that it's because his agent is not a very nice man. Something a bit strange going on there. Just just accusations. We wouldn't entertain such accusations. We don't speculate as we we spoke about. Absolutely. Absolutely, Justin. But, obviously... That led to Monk leaving and then going on to Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But Clotet, on the other hand, stayed on and took Gary Monk's old job. Well, Clotet has a new job. He's the caretaker head coach. The interim head coach, as Gary Monk put it. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so there's been a bit of... <sighs> a few words said by yeah. Gary Monk before <clears throat> the two sides met in midweek. Yeah. To, in summary, Gary Monk says Clotet has shown no loyalty 
Okay. He was warned about what he was like as a character before going into business with Clotet. That's a weird way of putting it, but I'm going to stick with it. And then after the game, he says he has no respect for Clotet and they didn't shake hands after or before the match. What do you make of this? Gary Monk's being a bitch. (laughs) To put it plainly, he is, isn't he? It's not really the kind of thing that should be aired in public, no. is it? No, no, it's it's what you, it's what you say to your your wife, isn't it? Behind closed doors. Behind closed doors, like yeah. you, just, you know, when you moan about work, yeah, you just say you yeah. just say it to your your wife or your husband, or your other half. You just say it to them. You you, you don't go to your pre match presser and go, Clotet is a bit, bit of a knob. He. I thought they would like reluctantly shake hands at the game. Yeah. Like just shake hands, not let make eye contact, no. but just do it. But instead, no, he completely blanks him. Monk, it was all Monk bit, blanks Clotet. Yeah. It was all a bit childish, really, wasn't it? But he was great to watch. It was it was one of them things like, can you imagine being a physio and just going, All right then? Yeah. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> bit weird, bit awkward. What do you make of some of the words he's used then? <laughs> I, th- I just I, it smacks of a man who's bitter about losing his job, doesn't it? Mm. And Clitet, who is a very experienced coach, and I know we had our reservations about him, but he's he's doing a fairly good job at Birmingham, given the the history of the finances and whatnot. And he he's tying together a good good young side. Perhaps there's a a tint of jealousy, maybe mm. potentially. You know, Clitet's had a bit of money, a bit more money than Monk to spend. Is there yeah? Is there a bit of jealousy there? Because Monk might be thinking, I could have done a good job here. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I, I, <coughs> I just, I don't think this kind of thing should be aired in public. No, <laughs> it's the kind of thing where you just say, "We, I haven't spoken to him," which he did say. Mm-hmm. He says he hasn't spoken to him, and then you just don't say anymore. That's what all normal managers do. But, but he's gone on this big tirade. But even so, you you look at um, Pep Clotet's side of it. He was a coach at Birmingham. Gary Monk got sacked because of whatever was happening with whatever. Mm-hmm. We won't we won't nail that down. Um, so Clotet might be thinking, well, because of that whatever, you've lost me my job. I'm not gonna. I don't want to leave. I'm happy here. Yeah, and then he gets offered a job, and it's like, booming! I can make it out on my own now. Yeah, it's oh, a very I, fair way of looking at it. I don't understand why Monk's so bitter about it. Very bitter. It's it's it, it's classless. Yeah, yeah. Very fair point. There was also <clears> a football <throat> match oh. that happened. Oh. Okay. Yeah, wasn't well, as entertaining as what was going <laughs> off off the pitch. It finished one-one between Wednesday and Birmingham. We'll run through this quickly because... Yeah, we spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> a bit of a disappointing result for Wednesday. And mm-hmm. it's the kind of game you've got to be winning at home if you want to finish in top six. No, yeah, absolutely. They, they've they peppered Birmingham a little bit again. They've, they've been doing that to a few teams over the last sort of five or six games, not quite getting results they want on occasions. Um, it It's not helped that they're relying on Stephen Fletcher for goals. He's the only person in the Sheffield Wednesday team who looks like the reliable source of goals, but given that his high scoring season in his whole career was with Hibs and he's got he got fourteen that season and that was in two thousand eight. And he's a target man and he's got six in seventeen now, which isn't too bad, but when you're the only person scoring for your side. I know Harry scored yesterday, but 
again, he's not weighed in with a lot of goals this season. It is concerning for Wednesday, I think. Speaking of goals, just a quick point on Birmingham. Alvaro Jimenez got his first goal in 14 games. Blues are short on goals so far this season, so they could really do with him contributing a bit more. No, absolutely. Um, He's not not set the world alight, has he? I don't think anybody expected him to, but similar situation to Chef Wednesday, i.e. they've just got some target men who aren't the most prolific. They both just need a, a striker who can find it on a regular basis. Yeah, Jokovic seems to do better when he's got a pacey mm-hmm. lad next to him, in in this case, Shea Adams. Yeah. But yeah, he, he's another one who's not had a brilliant season so far. He's got the odd assist and goal, but nothing too spectacular compared to last season. Mm. But we must move on. Let's go to Hull where they beat Preston 4-0, a really impressive result, a double from Jared Bowen. What adjective are you using to describe him in this episode? Not, ah, I'm not very good with words. Brilliant. I'll go with divine. Okay. Grant McCann says he's the best forward in the league. Brilliant Bowen. Sorry, alliteration. I am good with words. Brilliant Bowen. Best forward in the league. Yeah, Maybe. I know some some fans on Twitter were saying he's not a forward, but he is a forward, he is a forward. and he's got almost fifty goals in two and a half seasons for Hull. That is ridiculous for a, for a twenty two year old. We've said plenty about him. We said plenty about him in Sunday's episode and just about every week about Jared Bowen. Yeah. So we won't stick around on him too long. An unbelievably <clears throat> good performance from Hull as a whole, as a whole, as, as a, a whole. Though one of the best you'll probably see in the Championship this season. They could have scored more goals, yeah, and they absolutely just shut Preston down. No, definitely, they the whole completely dominated the game in an attacking sense. They had ten shots on target, four and six yard box, and you know as well as Bowen getting them goals as different goal scorers. Mm. McGuinness looked good up front. You know, I think the way Hall play, they need they need that focal point who obviously isn't going to get as many goals as as Bowen um, or even Grisicki. But you know he's he's definitely an important factor, an important cog in the forward line, and obviously again Grisicki, um playing well. It's the first time I've seen him play really well for a while. That that um, ball in for the first goal for Bowen on the outside of his Ooh, foot yeah. looked good. Yeah, absolutely. They've actually sneaked up to ninth mm-hmm. in the table now, Hall, which is really impressive because. I know they've been on a good run of form and it, it kind of shows how tight the championship <clears throat> is at the moment. But do you see Grant McCann's side as a potential playoff contender? I, I don't think so because I think if you can keep Bowen quiet, you can keep the Hall side quiet because they, as I've said before, um, they counter-attack quite well. So if you shut that down, I think you can nullify the Hall side. So in terms of working them out, they're part they're perhaps a, a bit easier than certain sides competing for the top six, but nevertheless, they're, they're performing well at the moment, and they've got arguably one of the best players in the league in their squad. So no, they've there's got no arguably about that. He is one of the best players yeah, in the league. No, yeah, definitely. Then, um, so if if that is still the case throughout the season, then they've got a good chance. In a way, they kind of want Bowen to stop scoring because otherwise, he's going to leave in January, isn't he? The yeah. way he's going at the moment is ridiculous because as we say he's one of the best players in the league and he's in top form Mm -hmm. and it's scary for other teams in the championship Preston then they have done a really good job 
of ruining their promotion chances in the last two games. It's starting to become a bit of a cliche, but the teams that we gush over tend to fall away. I don't think they've fallen away just yet. It's two <clears> bad <throat> results. And we've mentioned their away form before because yeah. their away form is a real concern for them this season. But they have now dropped down to fifth. Mm-hmm. Six points off the top two. When you see who the top two are in Leeds and West Brom, you think, mm, OK, they're not going to drop many points this season. No. But it is only six points. And if Preston do manage to sort out their away form, they could still try and keep pace with the top two. No, definitely. We saw teams last season have bad runs. Um, Norwich, <laughs> for the first third of the season, were quite inconsistent. Sheffield United had a couple of blips before Christmas. Teams go through it. I think the worrying thing is for Preston is, yeah, the away form is bad, but it's it's two very, very poor performances. The one against Derby was, was really poor. They looked out-battled, and again, they were completely dominated by a whole side. That are blow them in the league, and you expect to get a result if you're in pressing shoes, given how well you performed so far. So, as I say, the worrying thing is for them the two away, the two performances, not not necessarily the results. Although four yeah. 0 is quite a bad scoreline, and the manner of it as well is yeah. probably a bit concerning. But that game on Monday night, West Brom at home, it looks like it might end up being a season-defining game for <laughs> Alex Neal's side because if they do lose. It's not only a loss at home where that's really the foundation of their season. It's against one of your promotion rivals. So Neil teams Neil teams are good at bouncing back. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rule them out. And season defining might be a bit early given that we've got the Christmas run coming up. So I'm not sure. I I think <clears throat> at the moment Preston can still challenge for the top two, but a loss, for example could be a hammer blow for those chances. Playoffs is still very much... There's a lot of games left to play. Playoffs is still very much in in contention, but top two, especially if Leeds won that day as well, uh, at the weekend, I mean, then you never know. Let's talk about their next opponents, West Brom. Smashing Bristol City Mm -hmm. 4-1. West Brom seriously needs to be investigated by the EFL. Because... It is not fair for them to have Pereira and Diangana in the Championship. Pereira should be playing for a side in the top half of the Premier League. Albion fans won't thank me for saying this, but Diangana would walk into this West Ham team. <laughs> yeah, he moment. would. Yeah, he would. All joking aside, West Brom are going up this season, and I have no doubts about that. Uh, it's hard to disagree when you when you think about you know they they can still strengthen in January, and I don't see why they wouldn't because they've got good chances. They have done, well, I say it in previous in previous seasons, but they've put, arguably got a better chance than last season of going up because the squad's a lot more balanced. Um, Austin's getting in on the goals now, which is which is good to see. And obviously, Hal Robson Carney, who is fast becoming my favourite play, player in the league, I rated him years ago, back when he did that Cruyff against Belgium. Um, it's it's hard not to enjoy the, the West Brom side and get on board that. That promotion guarantee. I think that's one one thing you said there is really crucial as well. They are a much more balanced side mm-hmm. than they were last season as well, haven't they? Semi Ajayi, I know they didn't keep a clean sheet here, but him coming in has been a masterstroke because mm-hmm. he's been absolutely class for West Brom. And you've got the two 
players who I've mentioned already in Pereira and Giangana, yeah. who I will stand by, are way too good for the championship yeah. and should be playing at this level. But Ajayi is absolutely class and he has really brought something else to this West Brom team no, defensively definitely. when defence was a massive problem. And let's remember that uh, Bartley and Ajayi are keeping Higazi out the side. Mm. Gareth Barry, I know he's at the end at the, tail end, at the tail end of his career, but he's just got back fit. So there are players left to come in the side and make them better. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a very good West Brom side. It's it's a West Brom team that I could see surviving in the Premier League as well. One of those players who is yet to come into the <clears> side. Well, I say is yet is kind of on the fringes at the moment. Is Charlie Austin, and if they get him in form. There's no stopping them. Well, it's, it's two and two now, isn't it? Well, it is two and two. He's come off the bench here. I don't think the two goals are going to make any end of season highlight reels that, that he scored this season. Yeah. But if they manage to get him in form, then that front three is going to be ridiculous and there's going to be no stopping them and they'll walk this league. Yeah, no, definitely. But don't forget about Robson Carney's form at the moment. He's, he's been a quality, quality player in that side. I'd say he's definitely a very good player to have in the squad. But his form, Ryan... His form is fantastic it. at the moment. I'm not going to take that away from him. Let's quickly touch on Bristol City because there's no shame in losing away. Shine. And shine. At West Brom. But they did get well and truly spanked here. No, they did. I, I could have been more. Definitely. I expected a tighter game. Bristol City have only lost two games away from home this season. Um, and they've scored the most goals away from home this season. So I, I definitely expected a bit more from them, but this is a good side. I'm slightly worried about Bristol City's big game mentality in the league. It can sort of you know, look look to the playoffs. It might be something that affects them, but you know you you want them to bounce back because they've been in and around it for a while. Mm. Huddersfield at home next, and that's looking like a, That'd be a good must win. You'd expect them to win that, wouldn't you? Definitely. The, the, They've not put a, a proper run of wins together um, since earlier on in the season, so it's something that they need to do now, especially with Christmas period coming up. Yeah, definitely. QPR nil, Forest for João Carvalho, scoring the pick of the goals. Forest took QPR apart in this game, and it shows that when their attack is on form, it's up there with the best of the league, isn't it? Maybe not on the Pereira and Dean Garner levels, but no. it just doesn't happen consistently. Enough, does it? Well, for Forest. It, yeah. Um, I mean, I'd have said that this 4 0 win might flatter Forest a bit, given that it was 1 0 up until the 81st minute. But credit to Forest. I said at the weekend that they needed to be more ruthless, and they've they've taken QPR apart ruthlessly. Yeah. Um, and as you say, it, it can be one of the best attacks in the league. Yeah. Fourth in the table now. And mm-hmm. with a game in hand, yeah. it's worth mentioning. And if they were, if we just mentioned that game in hand as a win, then they would be two points off second. Mm-hmm. So, can they challenge for the top two? It's something we've mentioned before, and then they went through a bit of a sticky patch, but they seem to have got over that now. I think it's an outside chance. And I know I, I remember reading an article in that paywall subscriber. Didn't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is it the Athletic? It might be. Okay. Uh, Paul Taylor, who used to write for the Nottingham Post, he mentioned that December form for Forest is a, is a sticky point. So, as you know, we're coming up to December now, so it'll be a, it'll be a good test for them. But this is as good a chance as they have of firstly finishing the playoffs since King Billy Davis was in charge. 
I think they'll definitely finish in the playoffs. No, no, definitely. The Forest bandwagon, Forest playoff bandwagon is looking really strong at the moment. It's cruising. It is cruising. It's cruising. And it looks like it's a smooth road ahead. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But is the Forest top two bandwagon eyeing us up a bit? I think there's an outside chance, but we know how good West Brom are with, with Wax Lyrical two minutes ago. And Leeds... We'll get on to Leeds in a second. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, Leeds are a good side. We know that. Yeah. Um, so it'll be difficult, but they've got a good chance. Yeah, definitely. QPR. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, Justin, so do bear with me go for on, a sec. At the start of the season, I said QPR would finish in the bottom six and got a bit of stick from QPR. A fans. bit of stick. A bit of stick. Just, a lot of just, stick. Just a bit. They started the season very well, and it looked like I was going to be wrong. But now it's looking like it's a very real possibility. And this isn't me gloating, <clears throat> honestly. No. I'm, not, I'm not gloating. I was just making a... Observation. Yeah. It was a harmless prediction of where I think they'll finish mm-hmm. at the end of the season. And I was looking at their squad. At the time, they didn't have Naki Wells, Ebi, Eze Hadn't really... Fulfilled committed. that potential. Yeah, yet. exactly. Yeah. He was in and out of the team last season. So that was an observation I make. And... As I say, they started this season really well, but now it's all going completely pear-shaped. And I want to ask QPR fans now whether they will th- whether they think they'll finish in the bottom six because the goals have dried up, the defence is an absolute shambles, and they're dropping like a stone. Mm-hmm. If things carry on, they look destined to finish no higher than 19th. And also imagine if they lose Easy and Wells. They could end up in a relegation battle. Definitely, it's, it, they've got a good chance of. I say a good chance. There is a good chance Wells could go in January, given that Burnley could take a fee for him. Um, and obviously, Ize is such a threat in that final third. Change of pace, change of direction, ability to pick a pass and score goals, and his dribbling ability is unbelievable. So losing both of them would be detrimental. To, yeah. to anything they do and obviously as we've pointed out we weren't overly impressed with the squad at the start of the season and the defending has been the worst in the league yeah and that is shown for anyone who thinks we might just be hyping up how bad QPR defensively QPR have conceded two or more goals mm-hmm. in their last 10 league games which is embarrassing for any professional football team Definitely, you saw you, we spoke about it before, but you took my stat because they've won two in ten, and in that ten, in those ten games, they conceded twenty four in the process, which is, as you say, it's professional football wise, it's it's not good, is it? It is bad. You remember the season when Derby were in the Premier League last? It's not that bad. Well, yeah, I, this is it. I checked, and <laughs> oh, Derby at no point went ten games where they conceded two or more goals. I don't think they went. Around seven, where they conceded two or more goals. Might That's fact, how bad their defence is. It is incredibly bad, and it's not showing any signs of getting better. It, it, to be honest with you, it was summed up in Tomato's goal for Forest. Leisner did not make any effort to to close the cross, to intercept the cross at all. And Joe Lumley is a calamity in goal. And it, I've, you think he's the worst keeper in the league by far, don't you? Statistically, is one of the worst, and and he looks it and as in opi- and in opinion, he is. And I'm not trying to be overly critical because I sound ranty, but for a championship side who 
a month ago had aspirations of finishing the top half. It's not going to happen mm. with that with that mentality. I'm sorry, it's not. I do like this QPR side because there's some excellent young attacking yeah, talent no, in absolutely. this team, and we're big we're big fans of Warburton as well. But he's yeah. got to sort this out. Yeah, I, I can't believe a manager as experienced as him hasn't sorted out this defence, but. I digress. Fulham 3, Derby nil. Tom Kenny wrapped up the points for the Cottagers. A really dominant performance from Scott Parker's side. And he has been under pressure after a sticky patch. But three straight wins and Fulham really seem to be finding their feet. No, absolutely. For some reason, I've got Derby down as 3-0 winners here. I don't know why. And I've got that a lot definitely of, didn't happen. No, I definitely didn't happen. I've got a lot, a lot of negative. Yeah, I've, I've said a lot of bad things about Derby in this in this paragraph on my notes. And we'll get on to Derby in a sec. Ways. Fulham, they're up to fourth now. Mm-hmm. Do you think they could challenge for the automatics? They've definitely got the talent. They've, they've got the talent, but it's always been about consistently and the manager. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> as 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 we know. Yeah, it's consistently putting those wins together, and so far they have done. They've got they've won three on the bounce now, which is good. They conceded one in that, in that I don't know one in, one in three, but they've scored a few goals in that in that time as well. So it is looking good for Fulham, and obviously Mitrovic has come back in, and Abubakar Kamara has started to hit form. It's it's good for Fulham. AK forty seven got an assist, <laughs> created four chances. I He's on you, fire. I tell you what, the, the defending was bad for the Bobby Reed goal, but. The cross in between the centre halves by mm. Kamara was was a really good cross, yeah, really good pick really out, good, yeah. really good. And Kelrus gets a bit of stick for not coming out for crosses, but I don't think he could have done anything about that, really, could he? No, it, no. it was as I say, it was it was bad defending, but to pick it out, yeah. just sticking with Kamara for a sec mm-hmm. because we spoke about who he's going to play for instead of him, mm-hmm. who he's going to replace. Sorry, and Nokia seems to be the man who's dropped yeah. out, and it's there's no real arguing that really is there well that's what you said I argued it at the weekend but it's what you said so for once in your life you're right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we were just praising Derby on Saturday uh, Sunday sorry uh, because their home form is so solid but Mm -hmm. the contrast with their away form is startling to say the least haven't won away since the start of the season Jacqueline Hyde isn't it well yeah definitely they're fourth in the home table and 20th in the away <laughs> table. Damn Only it. Cardiff have a bigger contrast in form. Mm. It is really shocking, isn't it? Their away form is. And obviously, I've I've been to London a few times to watch Derby. And I worked this out a few weeks back. I've not seen him winning about 14 trips down to London. You went to Brentford as well, didn't you? I went to Brentford, yeah. Lost, lost 3-0 then. So, yeah, it's, it's not a happy hunting ground. But then again, Derby away <laughs> this season isn't isn't good. They've got to improve all aspects of the game. Without Shinny midfield as well, um, on Tuesday night, they looked like they were missing bite and obviously he's out until until the new year, so that that is a worry. But they've got to improve all round. Defensively a set plays is is amongst the worst in the league. Ben Heyman's coming for Kel Roos? Definitely. Definitely. Let's hope Dwayne Holmes scores at the weekend. I I'm copying this from a tweet. I'm stealing a tweet and I can't remember who tweeted it, but it made me chuckle. So if Dwayne Holmes scores in the 90th minute and Ben Hamer runs up to the other end of the pitch, jumps on the pylon, there'll be Holmes under the Hamer. Reading nil, Leeds oh, come one. On. 
Jack Harrison with a late goal. Josh on Twitter says another win against an informed team who defended deep all game. Another late winner to further prove they are the fittest team in the league and stayed patient with Bielsa's tactics rather than panicking and going long in the last 10 minutes. Jordan on Twitter says another dominant performance without being at our scintillating best. We keep ticking over nicely. Four straight wins and a five point gap on third. I think thinking about this this lead side I know we've criticised it this season because of putting chances away and we know it was a factor again yesterday that they, they didn't put as, as well they had 18 shots and they didn't, they didn't put one away but the way they're defending is, is incredible and obviously that's down to how fit they are that's down to their press they don't let teams into their final third very often and they're always in games they are the best team defensively in the league aren't they Miles ahead of anybody else. Yeah, miles ahead. And as I say, that's down to Bielsa. That's down to the fitness. That's down to the the press that they they ensue on on other teams because it's relentless when when opposition gets the ball. Yeah, the stats in this game that show Leeds absolutely dominated, and it's not the first time they've done it this season where they've waited until late on to nice. put the game away. It's I don't know if it's impressive or worrying. I mean, you wear teams down to the extent you can get a late goal. Again, it's down to their fitness. It's I wouldn't say it's it's worrying. It's, it'll probably be be worrying if it's happening on a regular basis. But Leeds, specifically their home form, picked up sort of post October. And again, sitting deep at home, uh, sitting deep against a team away from home, and they nick a one 0 win. You'd be you'd be happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. They are, as Jordan said. Five points clear of third now. Mm. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about the possibility of West Brom and Leeds maybe opening up a bit of a gap. Mm. I would say that ignoring Preston for the sec, if we just take Preston out of the equation because I was very high on them, but these last two performances have uh, maybe crashed it a bit. But take out Preston, the top two are miles ahead of the rest of the league really no they've got the the best coaches in the league best squads but well you can argue Fulham, Forrest have got the depth Fulham's squads got is full of talent but what they've got is potentially Premier League class managers who have a style of play who Bielsa has got a good uh, reputation that's I think that's the difference yeah Reading then, they put in a half-decent showing here, even no, though they were definitely. dominated yeah. by Leeds throughout most of the game. They did have quite a few chances. But they are only hovering above the relegation zone at the moment, only two points above Wigan in 22nd. And don't want to repeat myself too much, but they aren't out of the clear, are they, considering they were <coughs> in a bit of form not too long ago? No, absolutely. It's, it's two defeats on the bounce. Um, Bowen's first defeats, isn't it? So yeah. they're going to have to sort of claw the way back um, at the weekend. I'm not sure who they've got. But it, I wouldn't say it becomes a must-win game, but the pressure starts to heap on you. It's Wigan away. Okay, that's a six-pointer. That's a big game. That's a very big that game. That is a six-pointer, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so just disregard what I just said. That, that is a big game. <laughs> 
That is looking like a very big game, isn't it? Let's talk Cardiff. They beat Stoke 1-0. An early goal from Leandro Bakuna separated the two sides. Neil Harris, unbeaten star as Cardiff mm-hmm. manager. It's only two games. But what have you made of his start so far? Uninspiring, but I mean that in a way that... Well, you say that. The Peter Stoke side who were looking rejuvenated under Martin. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean uninspiring in the sense that a couple of a, a draw and a, and a win, a couple of draws and a win. It's he's plodding along, and it's it's he's trying to implement his style on this uh, Cardiff team. He's, he's tweaked the tactics. So why is it uninspiring? Because he's not bowling teams over. Like Michael O'Neill's first game, Kluka scored from the halfway line. That's amazing. It's beautiful to see. We're talking about Neil Harris, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uninspiring. I, I don't mean it as a. That's a bad thing. I mean, well, it's uninspiring like... is quite a bad word to use. Do you want to choose a different word? Like... Uneventful. How about just good? Good, but slightly above average. Okay. Well, why is that uninspiring? Oh, because it's not. He's not bowling teams over. Sometimes when teams come what in, are you expecting? When... I'm not. You were expecting less than I was. What yeah. I'm trying to get at is Neil Harris is plodding along nicely he's, he's got a win in a clean sheet he's, why is that he's, uninspiring let me bloody finish just alright just ignore what I said then <laughs> just let me get on with it go on <laughs> he's changed the tactics he's 4-2-3-1 Gary Medine's coming to the side you know he's changed a hell of a lot in a short space of time I think and that's that's pretty much the ebb of what I was going to say I was going to ask you about Gary Medine coming into the side. Only one start under Neil Warnock this season, but now two starts in a row under Neil Harris and got an assist here. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Robert Glatzel comes back from injury and whether Medine stays in the side, won't it? Yeah, I'm not not overly convinced with Medine as a... Are you convinced with Glatzel? (sighs) Well, the, the whole Carter team underperformed... That's not just Glatzel, it's the whole side. So perhaps with a more, you know, with a coach with no ideas to get a bit more out of him. Um, but as I say, Medine's never been prolific. He's never been a goal scorer. He's been in teams mostly that have battled relegation. So when he went to Cardiff, it was a surprise. Um, was a couple, ago, yeah, this was a couple of seasons ago when they went up. They paid £6 million for him. Big big fee, um, and he's not really come up with the goods. He looked sharper against Stoke, but I think, I, as I say, I'm not, I'm not overly convinced by him. But okay. Tomlin, however, is looking a lot better. Oh yeah, he's definitely looking a lot better. He's always been one of those players, hasn't he, who every so often can pull something out of the bag. Yeah, but then in other games he looks anonymous. I think he's just one of those number. Well, every I think every number ten is like it, aren't they? Sorry, I thought you were just going to make a joke about his um, body shape. He's lost weight this summer. Has he? Yeah, he made a big thing of it over the summer. I'm going to say no more before I get in trouble. Stoke, Martin O'Neill's first loss as Stoke manager. Martin O'Neill. No, no, Michael O'Neill. I always get this confused. Do you know what's even worse? They're both Irish. No. Uh, Oh, yes. (laughs) But... Michael O'Neill's middle name is Martin. Did you know this? No, I didn't. <laughs> That's really confusing. Anyway, Michael O'Neill. Can we find out what Martin O'Neill's middle name is? I don't think it's Michael. 
but it would be good if it was. Any reason to be alarmed? You're searching. I am. Yeah. What Martin O'Neill's middle name is, but yeah, uh, first loss of Stoke manager. Is there reason to be alarmed because Cardiff have been very good at home this season? Uh, not necessarily. It's oh my god, it's Michael. No, it's not Martin Hugh Michael O'Neill. Is it actually? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what was your question? <laughs> Michael O'Neill's first loss of Stoke manager. Reason to be alarmed. Cardiff very good at home this season. I just say Cardiff are good at home this season. If there's a game in the Championship, that stereotypically would be a low score. It would have been this one. So it's a case of whoever gets the first goal might might end up as the winner. Still trying to implement what he wants with the side. He's not had as much time as other managers to work with him, i.e. he was with Northern Ireland over the international break. So it, it'll be it'll be a, a dragging out sort of season for Stoke. Yeah, two points from safety still. We mentioned it on Sunday that uh, Stoke's run of games coming up, their next five next five games are against sides in the bottom half, so they really need to get points on the board during mm-hmm, that time. Definitely. Middlesbrough 1, Barnsley nil. Ashley Fletcher with an interesting <laughs> goal. <laughs> he had one on one with the keeper and he nearly messed it up. But It's like a centre-half being up front, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but he has got two and two now. No, yeah, he's, he's on form. Yeah, uh, after I said he's he's never been in form in his whole career, he's now in form. Two and two. Well, two and two. He's hit a good spell. Yeah. I wouldn't go as far as in form. Jared Bowen's in form. Okay, yeah, Jared Bowen's in form. But Middlesbrough, they should have won on Sunday mm-hmm. against Hull before Marvin Johnson imploded and ruined everything, <laughs> and then they won this game. So it looks like, I don't want to be the commentator's curse, but it looks like Woodgate might be turning a corner. Let's be honest, we've commentated a curse 75% of this league so yeah. far. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll take Borough down with us as well. P- potentially has. They're, they're looking loads better. One of the issues was scoring goals and they've they've scored Goal, well, a lot more goals than they were in the last few games. They're creating chances as well. They've had five shots on target in this game, four in the penalty area. It's a good showing. They had uh, three fast breaks and five chances from set pieces. So that seems like it's Borough's best route of playing, i.e. sitting deeper and hitting teams on the counter-attack because they've got players with pace and they've got good wing-backs. We know how good Colson is, who was quite good again yeah. um, in the week. So yeah, it is is a good result. It's turned around for Barnsley. Uh, Borough, sorry, not Barnsley, definitely not Barnsley. They're only one point behind Huddersfield and Reading, which is incredible because <laughs> it feels like on off the top of your head you can count the number of yeah. games where Middlesbrough have got points. The on league, the league is poor at the moment. Mm. And Bert on Twitter says Barnsley will wank. Okay, yeah, story of their season. Not too much really else to add, is there? They're looking pretty hopeless. Five points off 23rd now. I can't see him staying up. Sorry. No. I, I don't give them any hope whatsoever. I think we said this not too long ago when they yeah. were still in touch, but now they're, they're being cut adrift. And yeah. there seems to be, <clears throat> every season, in every league in the EFL, a team who is almost a bit of a whipping boy in the Championship last season. We had Bolton and Ipswich. We had two whipping boys. Yeah. Barnsley look like they are safely taking up that position. No, definitely. They're not even getting results against teams that are sort of 18th and below, so it's going to be a long season for them. They beat Fulham on the first day of the season. They did. They? And 
That was their only win, wasn't it? That's they haven't won since. Yeah. It's the longest winless run in at least half a decade, half a century. Sorry. <laughs> Fact check that one as well. That that's definitely true because I remember mentioning it not too long ago, and it's getting longer. It's getting longer, and I can't see it changing anytime no. soon. Uh, Luton two, Charlton one. Izzy Brown with his first goal of the season, which surprised you. Yeah, just we've again another player that we've been in high praise of. I just expected him. Well, you just sort of assume he scored more goals, but. He's just been banging in assists. Yeah. But the way he took his goals was superb, very composed. It's, as you say, he's been one player who we have been full of praise for Mm -hmm. in a Luton side who haven't deserved much praise this season. But Izzy Brown, the way he's going, and I don't want to focus on the Premier League too much, but there has been talk of him going back to Chelsea, maybe not this season, but maybe next season. Mm -hmm. Could you see him... Playing for Chelsea? I mean, players like Willian. Are, he's on loan. I should point out. Yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't know. I, he, I, He's not the young, he's not as young as other players. Obviously, Conor Gallagher is nineteen. Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham are both twenty and twenty-one. I think Izzy Brown's twenty-two, twenty-three. So he's not as young. He's obviously had injuries, injury issues. So it's good to see him playing well. In terms of getting into the Chelsea side, obviously Lampard's got faith in the the players that have come through at Chelsea. Um, Williams getting older, Pedro's getting older. I don't see why not. But then again, their transfer ban goes next summer, so they might just bring in somebody. But if Izzy Brown's available, any club in the Championship or lower Premier League would take him. I think that's it. I could. I have my doubts of whether he'll be able to go into the Chelsea team, mm. mainly because there is an aspect of where he's the main man at Luton yeah. and everything goes through him. And if he was yeah. in a Chelsea side where that's obviously not going to be the case, I'm not sure he'd flourish as much. But as you say, if he, if Chelsea wanted to sell him, they could probably get a few million for him well, and a, there'll be teams lining up for him. It's the same with Casey Palmer. He's not been at his best in the last sort of few games, few weeks, but he's looked absolute class at times and I think it was two and a half, three million. He was a steal for Bristol City, so Izzy Brown falls into that same category. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Charlton, we'll touch on quickly. Mm -hmm. Mark says, injuries are killing us. We hope to have Johnny Williams and Lyle Taylor back next week for Borough away, but we need them and a win to reignite our season. And we were talking just before the pod that Charlton, you look at the table, they've slid down. And you haven't realised how quickly yeah. they've slid down. Is it no wins in five games now? Yeah. They're 17th. There is a bit of a gap between them and <clears throat> the bottom seven. Mm-hmm. But it won't take much for them to slide down into that seven teams. Well, they, they, I thought they were a bit unlucky with some of the decision, decisions yesterday. Um, so things like that have gone against them at times this season. But then again... They're not scoring enough goals to to get to put teams away. Perhaps Johnny Williams, the provider, comes in and Lyle Taylor, the goal scorer, comes in and, and changes that. But they've got to find that formula that was helping them earlier on in the season to start grinding wins out. Yeah, Millwall two, Wigan two. Matt Smith rescued a <laughs> point. I had this down as a nailed-on home win because Millwall 
before the game were fifth in the home table yeah. and looks rejuvenated under <laughs> Gary Rowett. Wigan had two points away from home all season and they go and pull out a draw. Thanks for ruining my accumulator. So this Who is do what... I blame, Wigan or Millwall? I'm going to blame Millwall. Actually, I'm going to blame Bartosz Bielkowski because he's someone we've been praising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's. I know I was praising Bielkowski not too long ago. He is capable of saving points on his own with ridiculous saves but he does have the odd clangor in him yeah and it, and it was a clangor wasn't it a straight yeah. through him in the near post not good and when I was saying earlier on in the episode that you get things wrong quite a lot this is what I was on about mm. no, I'm not wrong come on I'd still put Bartosz Bielkowski in the top five goalkeepers in the oh no I'm not on about that I was oh, on about okay. the, the game obviously we, oh yeah I was put it on about that yeah yeah Evens. Wigan actually played really well in this game as well. Uh, We'll talk about them a bit more on Sunday because time is getting on. Blackburn won. Brentford nil. Bradley Dack early on. Bit of a surprise result because Brentford are the form team in the league. Yeah, it's sort of... If this was a game in September, this would have been the result as well because obviously... Is it, you know, it's a bit, bit of deja vu. Blackburn grinding out wins and clean sheets and Brentford frustrating despite dominating games. Downing put a man in match display at left back as well. So it is a good result. It's a great result for Blackburn, given it, that they've been performing poorly over the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about where we think Stuart Downing fits into this Blackburn team, haven't we? And left back seems to be like it okay. could be a bit of a masterstroke. Why? Because he can cross it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> never, never defended in his life, but he can cross a ball. So you need. <laughs> I mean, they haven't done much defending so far this season, have they, Blackburn? But and then finally, case. Huddersfield won, Swansea won, Chalabar sent off. You, you, were you complaining about that decision? Yeah, just because I remember. I think it was Click on Tamori in the playoffs uh, in the summer. Head butted. Uh, click head butted Tamori. And Tomori just looked at the ref like, what's going on here? Whereas Byers went down like the worst assault possible. And he gets a red card for it. It's, I don't condone the way Byers reacted, but I don't think Shalaba should have laid his head on Byers either. Just a yellow card and a talking to, I think. Colin Grant scored again. It's ridiculous. It, it, Colin Grant is one of those players who is another one who's probably too good for the championship but doesn't get as much praise because he's playing in a Huddersfield side who have improved mm. but haven't really set the world alight yet. Well, that's probably it. They don't set the world alight. If he was playing for a, I don't know... A if West... you put him in the West Brom team... Oh, my God. <laughs> Criminal. Imagine. Criminal. And let me just point out, Huddersfield brought Colin Grant for, what, four million? No. Yeah, they did. I thought it was like one and a half million. Was I it? I thought it was very cheap. Whatever it was, it was cheap. Four million would be cheap, considering how he's turning yeah, out. Yeah, no, And I vaguely remember seeing that transfer at the time, thinking, why the hell have another cha- other championship teams gone for him? Because Huddersfield were practically a championship team mm-hmm. by that point. I, it boggles my mind. But yeah, also Swansea are now sixth in the championship. Still unbeaten away from home. It's quite impressive. Sixth. Oh, I th- you just assume they've slid down the table, but they haven't. They're still hanging around up there. Yeah, the, they'll keep clawing back points, but as I say, they've, they've, they've really got to improve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. It's a midweek special. If you haven't heard these episodes before, they are usually a bit more streamlined than yeah. our normal Sunday episodes where... In, in this week, there were five games which really stood out, weren't there? So yeah. we, we spent 
a uh, fair bit of time on them. Maybe a bit too much time. So well, sorry I mean, if we there's, didn't. There's never talk. too much time on second tier football, right? I'm just saying we've streamed through the other games a bit, right. and sorry if they are one of your teams. We go into more detail on the Sunday when we try to make it a bit more even. Plus, if Monk and Clitet weren't having fisticuffs, we'd have spent less time on that as well. Yeah. So. There is that bitchiness. It's like on social media when you're on Facebook, you see an argument, you're like, ooh, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, if we didn't speak about your team too much today, then sorry about that. Make sure you tune in on Sunday and we'll give you a whole lot more. So much more. So much more. We'll be back on Sunday. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Let's do all right.